Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to spend a little bit of time with me and my guests to learn a little something. I have a fantastic network of amazing people who make my life richer in so many ways. They make my personal life better, my business life better, my whole life better, and I want to share their stories and their teachings with you so that you can make your life better as well. We are all meant to do great things in our particular domains, and I hope that some of what you learned today may help you to live in your greatness. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and our guest today is Evan Rabin of Premier Chess, another one of our fantastic, amazing Conference 21 speakers. Evan is a national chess master, which is different from a grandmaster. He explains uh, explains that during the interview. But uh, he runs Premier Chess, which is a chess academy, effectively, a place to learn and refine your chess game. And, you know, a couple people are like, chess master, why is there a chess a master speaking at the conference isn't this about business. Well, Conference 21 is about more than just business, so it's beyond that. But chess is a tool used in many different ways to teach. Uh, you taught military strategy, teaches business strategy. So much of life can be reflected through chess, and lessons learned in chess can be applied to life. So Evan does some business consulting and some other work like that because you know there's so many lessons there that you can apply. And chess gives you a safe place to explore these lessons where you don't have to bet millions of dollars on it. So he's great to have on. Uh, we did have some slight uh, sound issues, so uh, his unfortunately his recording is not as clear as I would like, but I, I cleaned it up enough that I think you can hear well enough, and it's totally worth um, listening a little bit harder to hear what he has to say, because he's got some really great messages, and he's a fascinating, uh, fascinating individual with a lot of stories to share and a lot of ideas to share. And of course, you will get to see him at Conference 21. Conference 21, Conference 21. You could make one of those super cuts of me saying Conference 21, and it'd be like 20 minutes long, just me saying Conference 21 over and over again. But that's because I'm so excited. Conference21.com, the first Conference 21 is February 20th and 21st. So if you're there, you're going to be able to say, I was there at the first one. The next one's going to be in May, uh, and then we're starting to look at one in August. It's going to be quarterly event and just get bigger and better and more exciting. But here's what's cool. It's not just a place to come and listen and receive knowledge. It's a place to connect. We're really getting the vibe of going to an event and connecting with people in the hallway and the bar and the the breakfast restaurant over coffee and whatnot. Of course, you provide your own coffee, you provide your own own drinks, but uh, you still kind of get that social connection, that networking aspect. And so it's going to be kind of cool when we get to the 10th Conference 21 to be like, I was there at the first one back in 2021 in February. And they're like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. You were at Conference 21 Alpha? Yeah, that's actually, uh, I'm, I'm lettering them. So you'll be able to say you were at Conference 21 Alpha. Uh, but this is going to be a great event. We're really, it's the start of building just an amazing community of people committed to learning and growing and becoming the best versions of themselves in so many ways. And uh, it's only $21. So go to conference21.com to get your ticket, and you will get to see 31 other speakers, plus Evan Rabin, who you're about to hear from, uh, who is just such a great, um, such a great knowledge knowledge source on chess and life and business, and quite a networker as well. He's from New York City, and I feel like 
a, a hermit in New York City is considered a master networker in many other places, but he is no hermit. He is well-connected in the community, and uh, New York City being one of the hubs of the universe, it makes him pretty well-connected in a lot of other places, too. So a great guy to know, great guy to connect with. Uh, and if you're looking to improve your chess game, Premier Chess is definitely a place to go. Tremendous resources there. All right, enough talking about the interview. Let's listen to the interview. Here we are with Evan Rabin. I'm here today with Evan Rabin of Premier Chess. Uh, he is another one of our fantastic speakers who will be joining us at Conference 21. How are you doing today, Evan? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, definitely excited to have you on the show because I'm, I've uh, always been fascinated by chess. I'm a, uh, a player who knows most of the rules. I'm going to say that. Uh, and I'm probably better at adapting chess concepts to life than to actually adapting them to chess. Um, but that's why I was really interested in your blog and how you kind of bring some of those jet chess concepts into business. Um, so you talk a little bit first about how you started Premier Chess and how you got into the, the field of chess teaching. Yeah, thank you so much. So I am a national chess master. I started playing chess when I was seven. My brother and dad taught me how to play and quickly joined the program at my school, Churchill. And there just pretty much uh, never stopped. So, you know, too much after that, I played my first tournament. A month after that, I was, uh, you know, at the Nationals. And, uh, yeah, short of the matter is, I... I in National Master when I was 20. I've taught on and off since I was 12. And four years ago, I decided to uh, basically take what I loved and uh, you know, do it full time. And uh, yeah, now I own Premier Chess. Uh, and we currently uh, you know, have 48 instructors on the team and do a lot of uh, corporate classes, school programs, private lessons, and more, where we really teach business and life values and so your, your path to being a national grandmaster, was that so the way you described it, it sounds pretty easy that you just kind of like, well, I learned to play chess and then I was a grandmaster and uh, life was good. Um, but how did you how did you learn to be that good? Is it, is it natural talent or did you take classes or what was your path to that? Yeah. So for one, I, I do like to keep myself honest. Um, you know, it's a lot of non-chess players. They hear master, they're like, oh, grandmaster. Uh, but there is actually a big difference of national master, which is basically the highest U.S. title you can get, and grandmaster, which is the highest international title you can get. Uh, we do oh, actually have one grandmaster, uh, Mark Paragua, on our team, uh, who does actually teach uh, a lot of our advanced classes, uh, including the uh, public adult uh, group advanced class that I actually uh, learned uh, from myself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, basically, you know, if you're a national master, you basically need your rating to be up to uh, 2,300, which is, in other words, basically in the top 1.5% of chess players uh, in the country. Okay. Um, so, sorry, national master. So what was your path to becoming a national master? Uh, it's different for everyone. Course, but um, for me, it was primarily, I would say, playing a lot of tournaments. I played in over 950 rated uh, tournaments all over the United States. And of course, it's a lot of studying, um, it's a lot of uh, practicing, uh, you know, with, with others, and 
know, making sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're constantly growing. Okay. Um, yeah, so according to Netflix, the way you become a master is you uh, take antidepressants and stare at the ceiling. Uh, was that involved in your, your process at all? It, it definitely wasn't. And, you know, by the way, <laughs> you know, despite some of, uh, you know, that type of uh, PR, um, you know, Queen Gambit has actually been amazing for chess. Um, oh, sure. I yeah. thank Dylan McQueen for featuring me in the New York Times uh, last week um, in an article about on the chess industry and uh, yeah I mean I, I was quoted in there actually saying that uh, you know virtual group classes have been uh, you know basically fifty percent uh, you know based on the team so uh, and we've gotten actually many interviews for uh, you know public classes and drop. Yeah I can imagine that being being quite a boon uh, to your to this. So it's, it's basically a matter of study. And so is this something where anyone with who puts in enough time and effort can become a national master? Is there a certain amount of natural talent you need or, or what would you say is the mix there? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's a tricky question, of course, you know, can anyone, you know, become a chess master if they, you know, put their mind to it? Um, you know, I, I would definitely say, uh, you know, probably most people, uh, you know, definitely can. Um, you know, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I, I don't want to say anyone, but, um, you know, yeah, it does take definitely a mix of raw talent and uh, studying, of course, to uh, get better in chess. Okay, and so how did you how did you start with with Premier Chess with the company? Organization and. Uh... You know, I, I, I taught chess for a time briefly, uh, but then I worked at Oracle back in seven uh, doing enterprise sales. Um, you know, and I loved it, but um, you know, truly I said, uh, you know, hey, why don't I take those enterprise sales skills and really sell what I love? Um, so I, I did. I, I said, uh, okay, you know, let, let's go. Um, and I and I did. And then just uh, yeah, with our first two months in the business. And, 2017, we were in 14 schools, and everything just kind of boomed from there. So, you mostly focus on uh, who's, your, who's your core audience? Is it mostly students? Is it mostly corporate? Well, who do you who do Actually, you uh, teach? Three main verticals. Now uh, we have corporate classes, so we deal with law firms, pensions, and tech uh, firms. Um, for instance, with the law firm from eleven once a month. Where we teach once a month and we teach, you know, dozen training other areas of critical thinking. Then we also deal with schools uh, of all different types of pre-K to 12th grade uh, education, uh, even some preschools too. And then we also do a lot of uh, virtual group classes now, um, you know, since uh, you know, COVID. And with the corporate, is that is that actually just teaching chess, or are you teaching chess and adjacent uh, 
adjacent concepts? Uh, well, it's definitely both. Um, you know, I, we're, we're teaching it through the lens of chess, um, but mm -hmm. really we're teaching critical thinking. We're teaching judgment training. Um, and I want to mention, by the way, you know, I'm looking forward actually to uh, your conference uh, in February, uh, Conference 21, uh, where I'm actually going to be presenting about business uh, and chess, right, and the benefits that, you know, you could learn, uh, you know, about business uh, through chess. Okay. Uh, and so what are some of those, some of those places where they overlap? Areas on a high level. Uh, one is when it comes to mitigating risk. Uh, in finance, you don't want to go too crazy, uh, you know, uh, investing in one, you know, crazy stock, uh, you know, may or may not work. Uh, but at the same time, if you don't take any chances, well, you're not going to be able to uh, do very, very well. Um, you know, likewise, very often, I'll you know ask the student, "Oh, why did you make this move? Oh, because I wanted to, you know, defend my queen." When realistically, my queen wasn't in any danger for him. So you're never going to win a game just by completely defending. Uh, but also, at the same time, right, you could also not do another common mistake that students will often do, which is make a move without actually considering where their opponent is trying to go. So you do have to take certain principles uh, into account as well. Um, another major uh, area uh, is in the field of organizational behavior. Um, every single employee needs a job. You can't orchestrate an attack without at least three pieces. So if only the CEO of a company is doing all these menial tasks, well, the company is not going to be very successful, right? Because, yeah, an admin person should be doing that, right? Everyone needs to be involved. You can't have one king and 15 pawns on the board. Yep. All right, so we'll be right back uh, after this, this moment, and we'll talk more about chess and strategy and life. Some people wonder, how did Michael Whitehouse become the guy who knows the guy? How did he get to know so many people? Well, I wrote a book about it. It's called The Guy Who Knows the Guy. I know, super creative. The book came first. Everything else followed with the same branding. So you can go to book.guywhonowsaguy.com. You can get your own copy of the book. It's only 10 bucks for the book or $5 for the Kindle version, the electronic version. Either one, same great content. Check it out, book.guywhonowsaguy.com. It's fun. It's a quick, easy read, but there's a lot of great knowledge in it that I think you'll really benefit from. Book.guywhonowsaguy.com. Get your copy right now. And now back to our interview with Evan Raven. So we're back with Evan Raven of Premier Chess. During the break, we were talking uh, a bit about some of the specifics in, in strategy and chess. And of course, you know, chess uh, is believed to be uh, originally a game that was designed to instruct and teach anyway. Um, so you know, if someone's new to chess, and uh, obviously the best way to learn would be to take one of your classes, but uh, if they just want to you know, play and get a little bit better, what are some, some tips you give to newer players to, to think about um, to kind of up their strategy? Yeah, so um, 
for for new players, um, you know, there, there's definitely a little bit of an overwhelming feeling often as uh, you know players are you know a little unsure where to start. Um, you know, we obviously as a club do have a lot of uh, great options. Uh, you know, from virtual uh, group classes and uh, actually starting in January, we have uh, adult rookie class for. Uh, adults with little to absolutely none, um, absolutely none test experience. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's definitely a great way to you know, get started. Uh, you know, for that class, um, you know, we pretty much are going to be, you know, reviewing the rules uh, and getting some basic strategy in uh, and getting people started. Uh, you know, of course, between Cambit, uh, as I said before, there's been uh, a lot of great things that. But if not that, you know, there are a lot of great resources out there, uh, you know, on lichess.org, which is free, uh, chess.com, which is free, uh, or there's also the paid option, not much more, and there's a lot more on there. Um, Our very close partner, American Chess Equipment, uh, really does have the best products and uh, pricing. Round, uh, and we do. We get everything that, that we own, uh, you know, through through them. So, um, yeah, if anyone you know, has further questions, uh, you can certainly you know, reach out. Um, and another option, by the way, on our Twitch stream, Twitch.tv/slash/PremierChess, um, you can often see a lot of live commentary uh, and complimentary lessons um, there uh, as well. Oh, that that's cool. That's Twitch.tv slash Premier Chess. Um, yeah, that's, that sounds cool. That's, that's one of the things I found on chess.com is when it does the analysis and tells you, like, this was a good move. This was a terrible move. Uh, even that can be very valuable because even if you don't know why, you can still kind of get that. Um, sort of like talking about the inner game of tennis. So you don't really explain it. You just kind of say, good, bad. And then you sort of figure out, oh, okay. Oh, I see why that's good. I see why that's bad. So it's good to get that, that feedback. Um, are there certain strategies that work well for for new players um yeah it's got things to to start with or um is it is it more complicated than like a simple new players can start with this strategy and figure it out from there um yeah i mean one thing that i actually try to do for the most part uh is actually really explain to students that they should play pretty much the same way against national masters you know grandmasters and, you know, complete beginners. Um, mm-hmm. The whole point is, right, you're not really, you know, trying to trick your opponent, right? Um, I was actually working uh, with our coach partner, uh, National Scholastic Chess Foundation, uh, yesterday. And I was a uh, master in residence for an event that they were doing. And one thing that I, you know, really was explaining, actually, to all the students was... You know, there's two words in chess that you don't want to say. Hip and hope. Uh, I vice <laughs> president at Oracle, Kevin McGee, used to all the time say that hope is a town in Arkansas. It's true. So, <laughs> yeah, right, is, you know, really important to, you know, actually consider the whole idea that, right, you're not making moves because, you know, if your opponent makes some, you know, horrible mistake, you're going to take advantage of them. Right? If you do that, then you're actually going to lose. 
majority of the time. Um, you know, for instance, right, yet one of the games I was looking at yesterday, you know, one of the students tried to do, uh, you know, the four move technique. And, you know, I said, oh, why, why did you play clean F3? Right? And honestly, I was playing a little numb. I kind of knew that stuff that he was obviously going for. Um, but, you know, I explained to him that, you know, frankly, he actually ended up losing the game very quickly because his opponent knew exactly how to defend the technique and basically got a better position very early on. Right? So I explained to him that, uh, you know, that the way you get better in chess is, is not, you know, predicting that your opponent's going to mess up, right? You're actually predicting that he's going to make all the best moves and you're just going to outplay them. So, uh, in fact, one, I would say, kind of like, you know, almost aha moment I, I once had in chess was when I actually realized that, no, you, you, you shouldn't win games because your opponent is like making big mistakes, right? You should win games because you're just going to strategically move pieces around better than your opponent and eventually outplay him. That makes a lot of sense. And that makes sense. And that certainly maps over to business very well too. You never want to assume that you'll get lucky. Uh, yeah. Hope, as you say, is a town in Arkansas. Uh, you know, you want to assume that everything is going to go mediocre to poor and make plans accordingly to, to win along those lines. Well, as my very good friend and mentor, Bill Peterson, my trainer at Oracle says under promise and over deliver. So, mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you do get yep. that luck eventually and, by the way, I mean, people ask me all the time, is there luck in chess? Um, very minimal. Um, I, I really do, despite actually what some others actually suggest, there's a tiny bit of luck. Um, you know, as to like when your opponent will make mistakes in a certain thing. Um, and then, of course, that, you know, that tournaments is also repairing and other stuff you know, that is mm -hmm. under control uh, as well. Um, but no, for the most part, you know, there, there's not. But, um, yeah, there's a time Yeah, I imagine, yeah, there's certainly some human factors involved. If you were to have two players play each other five times, it wouldn't necessarily go 5-0, unless there's a great disparity in skill level. Exactly. Um, and so I, I imagine that there's... So it, it, do different players have strengths in different areas? So like they're, they'd be good against one sort of opening, but... They're not as strong as another sort of opening just because of yeah, how they studied or practice. Um, you know, one with regard to openings, but then in terms of style, right? And then you'll mm -hmm. actually play uh, different openings, uh, you know, based on your style. Um, so, for example, uh, a good friend of mine, Todd Bryant, who's another national master, uh, you know, around my level, but actually for very different reasons. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Todd is actually a lot more tactical than I am. Um, you know, he's a big, uh, you know, calculator, um, and, you know, he's very, very, very sharp, and because of that, he'll play sharp openings, uh, but for me, I'm a little bit more, you know, positional intuitive, so I'll try to put the game in a little bit of a more, uh, you know, sort of quiet direction. Interesting, okay. Um, and so, are, are there particular, you're talking about, like, tactical versus intuitive type players, are there particular archetypes of players that are have been identified, or is that just sort of the, the words that pop to mind to describe people? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's generally the, the way to surprise, you know, to, to describe people. 
Um, you know, people will also definitely, you know, occasionally, uh, you know, try to surprise you uh, a little bit. But, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so, of course, you're going to be a speaker at Conference 21 coming up in February. It's conference21.com, February 20th and uh, 21st. Uh, and so you're going to be talking about chess and business. And so what are you going to be talking about at the at the conference? So much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of that. Um, you know, definitely look forward to it. Um, and really, I'm going to be giving an overview of some of the business lessons that people learn uh, through chess. Um, we're also going to talk about, uh, you know, the thought process and how to best uh, come up with uh, decisions uh, and moves both on and off the board uh, from analyzing your opponent, figuring out, you know, why you did something to eventually moving and deciding, you know, where to go, right? And that could be, you know, a move on the chessboard or that could be, you know, you have $100 in marketing dollars and you want to figure out, you know, where that money should go. So, Interesting. Uh, yep. You know, that, that's definitely one idea. Uh, and a little bit of you know, the organizational behavior side, the finance side, uh, you know, the judgment side, you know, when to use critical thinking and when to, you know, move forward. Um, and yeah, it, it'll definitely be good for, you know, all different lines of business. Uh, you know, whether you're, you know, an entrepreneur, uh, you know, an attorney, someone in behavior, finance, um, you know, I've, I've actually taught, you know, a couple of uh, workshops at uh, you know, companies as well as, you know, other places like, you know, Lincoln Park Jewish Center, for instance, uh, where there's people from, you know, actually all different types of backgrounds coming together. Um, so I, I definitely look forward to, you know, the opportunity to, you know, just at least on a high level illustrate uh, you know, what just can bring to uh, you and I would say pretty much any profession. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to having you there. And I love anything with the, I mean, I, I used to own a game store many years ago. Um, and so I'm always thinking what can be learned from games in general and chess in, in specific. So it's really, really exciting to have you at the conference. Uh, so we're, as we're coming to the end of our time, is there anything else you'd like to share before we part ways? Um, I just want to say thanks again for having me here. It was my sincere pleasure uh, look forward to the conference in a couple of weeks. And I would say the last thing I would share is we do have two uh, main upcoming events that I think would be of interest to a lot of your listeners and their colleagues and friends. Uh, one is mm -hmm. our winter group class series for all ages and skill levels, which is starting right at the beginning of the year. And we really have something for everyone. We have five classes for kids of all different levels. Um, sorry, uh, nine classes for kids of all different levels. Five classes for adults of all different levels. And one class for seniors. So really, there's something for everyone from you know age five to 100 plus. Uh, and anywhere from someone who literally has never picked up a desk piece to a master. Uh, and then the other thing is on winter break, December 21st to January 1st, uh, we have a great winter break virtual camp uh, where we actually have East Coast and West Coast options. Uh, and we also even have a lot of kids coming from Europe uh, because there are morning session 
Uh, it's pretty much their afternoon. Oh, very exciting. And so where would people find that? You can find all the information at premierchess.com or you can send an email to evan at premierchess.com and we would love to uh, have you there and answer any questions you might have. Sounds great. We'll have that in the uh, the website in the show notes there, uh, as well as your Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash premierchess. And of course, people can see you at Conference 21, which is conference21.com, February 20th and 21st. Look forward to uh, talking to you in February again. So much. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you. Evan is such a fascinating character. He is a master of chess, obviously, and teaching chess and helping other people to improve their skills. But he has extrapolated that to so many other areas, teaching people about business, teaching people about life. And that's why I'm so excited to have him as one of our speakers at Conference 21. If you ever have the chance to meet him and talk to him, definitely should. He is a fascinating person to connect with. And that's one of the things I love about uh, Conference 21 and part of how I selected the sort of speakers we have. We don't have any national names that uh, that you know, you've heard about because they have 22 books out. Uh, although I think Actually, Bruce Jones might have 22 books out, but you know they're not—they're not these you know millionaire superstars. Because yeah, you can listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and and uh, Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and all those kinds of people and learn some great things. But you can't talk to them afterwards. If you want to listen to them, you can go on YouTube and you can see all their best stuff. There's there's nothing you know exclusively run share. But part of what excites me is is with our speakers. You can hear their talk, you can learn from them, and you can say, you know what, I want to learn more from this guy, from this gal. I, you know, they, I like the way they teach, I like what they're teaching about, this is really exciting to me, I want to connect with them afterwards. And all of them are going to give you an opportunity to uh, join their, at least join their email list, get follow-up information. Most of them are giving away various uh, free content, whether it's a, an ebook or other videos or whatnot. And most of them will give you the opportunity to do a follow-up call with them to uh, either work with their school, you know, if you're looking to learn chess, or work with them directly, or get coaching from them, or even just have a one-to-one and uh, do business with them. There's just so much connection available with these. You know, they're, they're live, live human beings you can actually connect with, even if they're on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. That's the amazing thing today. But these are accessible people. They are not the kind of people who are so big that you have to talk to their, you know, talk to their gatekeeper and you'll never actually talk to them. But, you know, you can talk to one of their salespeople. Uh, these are people you can actually really connect with. And it's amazing. It's just an amazing group of people. And what's been so exciting for me is introducing them to each other. You know, as, as I'll talk to one speaker and say, oh, you need to meet these other two speakers. And they connect. Uh, and as we're growing into the future, Conference Way ones and Thinking Ahead, we're, we're really looking at this idea of like conferences within a conference of grouping those together as I put together, you know, I'll talk to a speaker and say, oh, the four of you need to get together. Maybe put the, putting them on a panel or something like that. That's going to be for the, the later Conference 21s. Uh, we're keeping it simple for February, just 32 speakers speaking. Uh, but you'll have the chance to connect with them in the networking sessions or, or uh, do follow-up calls. Yeah, I can't speak for all of them. You know, maybe some of them aren't doing one-on-ones, aren't, aren't connecting directly, but almost all of them, most of them will give you the chance to connect uh, and make those connections. And, and that's really what this is all about. It's not just about listening. You know, you can do that on a podcast. You can just listen to them right here. But this is about really engaging with them in an exciting way, which I'm so glad and so excited I've been able to bring this together. And honestly, a lot of people are like, how'd you come up with Conference 21? Well, frankly, I ran sci-fi conventions for 20-something years. And so the idea of how a conference should go together is pretty intuitive to me at this point. 
I found some great technology. Uh, that took a bit of knowledge. There are certainly 20 years of experience that goes into the two, two days of planning that created this event. But it's just intuitive. It's, I, I looked down like this is how a conference should be. It needs to have the networking element. It needs to have that hallway time where you're chatting with people before and after the talks. Uh, how else would you possibly do it? And in the in putting together what was intuitive to me, I created something which apparently is totally unique in the in the industry. If anyone does know of an event like Conference Twenty One that has the networking aspects and has the you know, capture that. I would love to connect with the people running them. Uh, so if you know about that, please email me, michael at guyonosaguy.com. They're not my competition. They're my partners. I want to get on their stages. I want to get them on my stages. I want to work with them to grow knowledge, to grow connections, to bring people together because that's ultimately what the goal is. Obviously, you know, it's a business venture. We're not looking to lose money. We're probably, we're hopefully looking to make money, but the market's big enough for a whole bunch of events focusing in different ways and functioning in different ways. But if you know anyone who's in that space, I would love to connect with them. So please email me, michael at guyanosaguy.com with that introduction. That would be amazing. And if we haven't spoken directly, I'd love to speak with you too. I'd love to do a one-to-one. Same email, michael at guyanosaguy.com. Email me and let's connect. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, And if this is the first Guy Who Knows a Guy episode you listen to, check out the feed because we've got a whole bunch of fantastic speakers. I say fantastic a lot. Great, awesome, amazing, stupendous. I need a thesaurus. Uh, A bunch of really good speakers who have been interviewed on the show who are going to be at Conference 21. So you really kind of get a sense for the conference uh, while you're driving your car or doing your laundry or doing whatever you do while you listen to podcasts. Well, thank you for spending your podcast time with me. I hope you found it beneficial. Uh, If you are listening on a platform that allows you to do so, I hope you will subscribe, rate, review, share, do all that stuff because that really means a lot. That really helps me out to, to share these stories and help more people, which is what I'm here to do. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash the guy who knows a guy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV connect.com December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.